Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. Lord, and I pray that as we launch into this new series on 1 Timothy, uh, that you anoint his words, anoint his heart, anoint his mind uh, to speak your heart to us uh, through your word, through uh, Byron's message, and that uh, Holy Spirit, you impact us for your glory, for your honor, for the kingdom of heaven. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. A uh, little, little later, we're going to have a surprise for everybody. Uh, the, something that really touched me this week, and it's, it's got, I'm sure all of you are going to be blessed, for sure. Um, it was amazing. Uh, uh, Pat had uh, Mark on the phone just moments ago, and he he wanted to talk to me and and for interpretation of a dream and everything else. Now, I want to let you know is uh, spend maybe 20 minutes or so with Mark and Caroline and. And it's an amazing opportunity. We always have these opportunities, even though you know, I kept on apologizing. You know, I know you're getting ready to do church and all that. I said, no, no, no. No, it's all fine. It's, uh, 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 we got time. We got time. We have all the time we ever need it's to do God's work. And I, and I was just reminded of myself is uh, uh, I was very frustrated this week, because uh, I'm getting all these weeks not from work and doing work from home, and all of a sudden this week my internet kept shutting down. The well, first time it was from the outside. Something remember that little storm we had that was from the outside. Got that going, and then got shut down again, and then it shut down again. And, and they said, "Well, I think uh, there's a really you have a defective modem." Go to the store, get a new one, and everything will be all right. Just plug it in, and nothing. You don't have to call or nothing. We'll catch it and everything out. Well, it didn't. It still didn't work. And uh, and I was saying, and and being human, anxiety starts growing up in me. I said my whole connection with the company is through the internet, and and to say I'm working from home and. You know, and and I, my like my right arm is cut off. I can't. So, got on this very lengthy phone call, and and anxiety is growing up. And and oh, wait for five minutes. Wait for ten minutes. We're doing this. Wait for that. Wait for that. And I'm finding myself getting anxious. What the word says, be anxious for nothing. So finally, in that long. Over a 45-minute conversation, the Holy Spirit says, share Jesus with that person. And, and I discovered I'm talking to somebody in the Philippines. And, and as I started to connect with her about the reality of who Jesus is, guess what? Anxiety went down. All my responsibilities for the company and internet, and and the heart to share Jesus went up. And um, at the end of the conversation, she said, I don't ever have conversations like this. And I want to let you know, 
I believe God has an international ministry for you. That you're not just talking to your church, you're talking beyond your church. And and I was so and I, and I kind of tucked that one away, you know, it's uh I'm glad she said it, but it's uh it's you know, all, and I was talking to Frank the other day, he was talking about how sometimes I talk about the temporal versus the eternal. And really, when, when, when the temporal is really bringing up anxiety, connect with your internal call. And, and just like that conversation with Mark and Caroline and praying for their daughter and praying for uh, greater uh, uh, clarification of the dreams he's dreaming. But, but God is at work. And uh, and it really everything to do with the scripture we're talking about. I start getting. I told Nancy, I just have a concern about a person called Tom Nettles that Nancy used to sing duets with at the Baptist Church. I haven't talked to him for thirty years. I'm getting this thing, getting saying, "Wow, I think I need to contact. I think I need to contact him." And Nancy, Nancy said, "You know, I'll try it out." So I, these good old phones. Ah, uh, can you find? Professor Tom Nettles, boom, I get his information. I find out he's from Louisville, Kentucky. I find out he, he's uh, teaching in the college, and I'm given this phone number. So I left a message for him, and, uh, and he called me right when I was downstairs with you guys in our basement. And, and uh, Frank's got to share some things about that next Sunday. There's amazing things are happening at our house uh, with him and his family at, at our home for dinner. So, so, uh, so I, he calls me back. And, uh, and I'm talking to Tom, and, and, uh, and, and he said, yeah, I remember it. Because I'll tell you the truth. He was, I was, you know, I, you all know I taught 21 years in a Southern Baptist church, which means you teach Genesis to Revelation every seven years. So my seminary training was teaching Genesis to Revelation three times. I'm a little slow learner, you know. And then and God called me into different ministries at our house and finally a pastor of the gathering place. So Tom remembered. He, he remembered me, and I, and I started sharing what God is doing and I'll, God of the impossible and everything else. And at the end of the conversation, there's like a pause, and Tom says, my wife, Margaret, has been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Would you pray for him, her? So I, I was able to, from Chicago, pray for somebody in Louisville, Kentucky, that the God that has not ended miraculous would heal his wife, Margaret, of something that the doctors have no cure for. I'm anxiously waiting for a call back what God can do. Well, what does it have to do with this? What does it have to do with this? Second Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. You know, it's, it is God's will that all be saved. All won't be, but it's his will. It's his heart to reveal what Jesus did. In the flesh, man become flesh dwelling amongst us. And the will of God that he sent Jesus to go through that painful crucifixion 
be thrown in the grave, resurrected after three days, and to know that he brought salvation to all men, it's his will, it's his heart that all would receive him. Then it goes on to say, to Timothy, his dear son. This is like an older man talking to a younger man with, with, uh, with a, my dear son. He wasn't his natural son, but he was son in the spirit. He says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is saying three things, three things that all of us need to be connected with. First of all, he's saying grace. That's, grace is all about God's favor on our life, knowing, fully knowing all our defects. He's saying grace, unmerited favor is another way to say grace. And then he says mercy. That's like you and I going before a judge knowing we're guilty. And there's a defense attorney trying to convince people that we're not guilty but knowing we're guilty. And that defense attorney convinces the jury and the judge that you're not guilty and you suffer no consequences or penalty for what you've done. Jesus is our defense attorney. And Jesus is going before the final jury, the Father in heaven, and defending us before the Father in heaven and declaring us not guilty. Then, interesting enough, it says peace. And we as believers in Jesus Christ talk about that. We say, wow, we have the peace that passes all understanding. And I, I believe that we have to understand fully his grace and his mercy to accelerate peace in our life. Follow me? And then, uh, then he goes on to say, I thank God from whom I serve as, an, as my... <clears throat> Uh, ancestors did with clear conscience as night and day I constantly remind you in my prayers. Recalling, going on to say, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. He's talking as a father to a son and saying, I see God working in you. I see God's amazing power working you. And you know what? It, just this morning, I kind of looked for five minutes on the news. And you, don't spend too much time on the news. You can learn everything in five minutes. But, but the five minutes they were saying about a teacher that just recently got fired because of her Christian stance in a public school. And that she refuses to teach certain things in textbooks, and she lost her job. 
and they were, they were, her lawyer was saying, on there saying, you know, I'm going to defend her on this and sue the school because what they did is not right. Well, you know what? We have in our midst this morning a young lady that I've adopted as my granddaughter, and, and, I, and I love because I'm, I have, this church is full of my granddaughters and my grandsons. And uh, I just have a love for the younger generation and a, and a, and a heart for them ex to accelerate, just like Paul was saying how he, he had a heart for young Timothy and saying, I see, I see your growth. I see your faith. I see your increase in faith. I see, I can see and, and understand how you're growing in Jesus Christ. Well, we have one of my granddaughters here. And, uh, and I want to let you know, last Wednesday during ministry time, she has permission, uh, and I still don't know the difference between a poem and an ode. Basically, same thing. Well, uh, Pamela, come on up here, Pamela. She read something to me. She goes to a public school, and she knows Jesus Christ, and she's not ashamed of him, as we'll learn later in this chapter, first chapter of 2 Timothy. And right away when she was sharing that, I was saying to myself, you know, our church needs to hear this, and it's so connected with this chapter in 2 Timothy. And I asked her, are you willing to share? She shared this in a public school, in a public setting, about her thoughts about God Almighty. And I asked her to share. You said, I'm honored to. I'm honored. But really, I'm honored to have you share it. So keep the mic close to your mouth so everybody can hear and enjoy with this brave follower of Jesus Christ shared in her public school. Yeah, you can put, yeah, put it here. It'll be better. Hello. Um, uh, this is called An Ode to God. It is a hard time to keep one's faithfulness. But when one does, you let, lead them to success. You are my one, my only, my God. I yearn to be with you. You are my rod. In you, my Lord, I can truly trust. You take the care of everything down to cosmic dust. I grew up learning about all your stories. You always showed us your glories. When I feel weak, you tell me I am strong. You stay by my side, though I've done countless wrongs. You are the God of wonders. Your word is as powerful as a storm of thunders. You were there leading King Solomon. You were leading him right to the right path, saying, come on. And Lord, you have given your son, Jesus. You sent your son because you wanted to free us. There were, you were there the entire time guiding Moses. You chose anyone, this story shows us. When Moses asked who you were, you said, I am. Your name is powerful. You are. You are the God of Abraham. I believe and I will follow you, my Lord. And my name will be on your record. I want to listen to what you have to say. Therefore, I will pray and pray and pray. I want to be close with you, so I take my daily bread. Your word helps me get out of bed. 
I know that with you, I, don't, I will not have to grieve. When life is hard, good is coming from you, that I believe. There will soon be a gruesome war, and I warned you, it's not from some folklore. Evil will invade, and so will darkness. It will bring much pain and hardness. You tell us this will come, but so will your light. I will preach your words to others as your night. After the final battle, you bring again creation. Life and happiness will spread upon a nation. All will sing, Jesus is King of Kings. From him, we will drink from internal springs. Angels and people will sing, holy, holy, holy. I will be one of those people singing about his glory. My Lord has only shown me his pure love. So I will have faith and look above. I will bend down on my knees and I will praise. As I praise you, Lord, you set my heart ablaze. When Moses asked, he said, the God of Abraham, my Lord told Moses that his name was I Am. Oh, what once was an empty soul is filled with you, Lord, and now I am whole. Amen. Put this away. I got one more thing. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, this is what's being developed at the, the gathering place. Young people are being encouraged to be bold and with their faith and their love for Jesus. And uh, in the verses uh, coming up that I'm going to be preaching about, and I want to actually activate it, he, he talks about Timothy remembering about fanning the flame of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I, I ask a question that this I don't know, but in either case, I would like to pray for you. Has anybody prayed for you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. That's happened. You have? Okay. Well, I'm going to pray over you, if it's okay with you, that there's an increase in that, an cre- increased manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit actively working. Is that okay? Yes. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Pamela. I thank you, Lord, that that you call her friend, that you have qualified her to be a voice to a dark world. And Father, I ask you for the increase, increase her uh, connection with the Holy Spirit and the power of God, working and living in her, that no fear will come her way, but boldness and love in Jesus' name. We can just say amen then and go home, right? <laughs> so, so it's, uh, you know, uh, we have a peace. You know, we talked about what's happening in Kentucky and stuff like that. It's happening here, and we desire more. Young people like Pamela, getting uh, in where she is, being fearless to share her faith in a public setting. And, and that's that's the call of all of us. And like I going on with this, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands, like we demonstrated this morning, laying hands on Pamela and asking her for just a reinsurgence and the power of God actively working in their life. And, and the other thing is, when, when we talk about fanning the flame, yeah, you know what? Coming to church and hearing a message, guys, really is not enough. 
You know, as, as much as I seek the Holy Spirit and want to present what he has for all of us, that's just a piece of what the following Jesus means. Getting into the word and praying is essential. And, and even when we give opportunities on Wednesday night to approach God's throne in, in, in confidence, these are key things that, that actively need to be happening in the church and in your personal life. Please, spend time with Jesus. Not just on Sunday. Alright? Have that your goal. When you wake up in the morning, say, good morning, Lord. Uh, I want to hear from you. And um, it, uh, you know, back, back there, I think it's in the last one. Hmm. Whatever, we'll get to it. All right, so, <clears throat> for this reason, I want to remind you, fan the flame. Uh, don't be dry. Be, be encouraged. Be lifted up, knowing that, uh, that, uh, that God has a call and purpose for everybody in this room. And connect with that. You know, and I, I'm telling you, you know, when the anxiety is the life, when I was talking to that woman in Singapore, when I'm all anxious about the business and being connected with the Internet and everything is failing and not happening and, and all this frustration happened, when I, when I turned on my real purpose in life to be an instrument in the hand of Almighty God because of my relationship with Jesus, anxiety and peace and joy increased. You know, it's a, so it kind of goes on. For the Spirit of God gave us, the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-control. And what what Pamela was actually in actively doing that, you know, she actively was not timid, but gave her power or, or lack of intimidation to talk and speak out about her relationship with Jesus Christ in a public school. And she did it with love. Because if love's not present, you're not going to communicate to anybody about God. Uh, and and she, it's a self-discipline or self-control. And, you know, it, it's out of that 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 poem could be written. That poem could be written. Because not, not, not frustrated or about the events of the world, but connected all of what Jesus has done in her life. So, do not be ashamed for the testimony about our Lord or of me has, it, it, me, his prisoner, rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. We don't like to talk about that. But you know what? Jesus was not afraid to talk about it. There's a cost to following him. There, there is times when we can be rejected. Now, we, we can either take the thing of, of just focusing on that rejection or saying, well, Jesus was ultimately rejected. And yet accomplished 
the ta task of the Father to the Son of God. So, you know, to, to say that coming to Christian, oh, now everything's going to be wonderful, oh, my life is going to be, oh, joyous, now, you know, it comes with challenges, but to have that joy accelerated in our life, we have to have a good respect and knowledge of how we would respond to persecution and suffering. Because that also is a reality, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a reality. We go through these things. Loss, uh, when we didn't think God didn't do something for us that we thought he should have done. And, and it's, it's up to us to have such a faith and such a confidence in who he is that we don't get tripped off our feet just because of some opposition, some persecution, or something we have to suffer through. Verse 9, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace has been given us to Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Now, now I, hear, I hear, I've never been exposed to it, and it's not our church, that, that God's grace is not a license to do anything you want. God's grace is the power not to do things that we, don't, we shouldn't be doing. And, and you know, when you get that kind of disconnected, you, you, you're di actually causing a disconnect between you and the Father that loves you very much. Because then all of a sudden, your connection with him is solely on your view of how well you're doing. Not, like it says here, not a full view of what he's done for you. Amen? You understand that? He said, he said, not because of anything we've done, our performance, but because of his purpose and back to their grace, his unmerited favor on us. Um, he's, he's not, you know, get to know how much you're loved. Get, you, get to know how much you're revered by the Father. Don't allow yourself to disqualify yourself because God clearly says, don't disqualify whom I qualify. You know, it, it, this is so important because, because if, if we get kind of moved over to that God will love me more for what I'm doing, uh, we're opening the door to all kinds of stuff that God doesn't want us to have. You know, one of which is fear. I, I'm just afraid, you know, God's going to bring some sickness on me. God's going to do this. And God, oh, God's not in the business of, of messing up your life. He's in the business of promoting your life and promoting your relationship and, and allowing you to know fully how much you're loved by him because it cost him the life of his son to accomplish that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I've heard there's churches that talk about do all the sin you want just so God can love you. I wish they'd read in Romans where it says, uh, hey, sin more so God can love you more? 
How disgraceful. How disgraceful that is. But understand, understand his grace and his mercy and his peace on our lives that would give you a second thought of whether you should do something or not do something. Because we're all hitting that crossroads through life. That's, you know, we have, we have an expert liar talking into our lives. You know, he is, he's Satan. Jesus says he's, a, he's an expert at lying. He's a he is the best. He's better than our politicians, you know. And 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 he and and he'll 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 try to make you. And then then after if you give in that lie, and then all of a sudden you might have the thought, how could God love me when He does? When He does. But, verse 10, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Back to that focus, guys. Whenever your, your anxiety comes up and everything, try to find out something in the temporary that you moved your focus over to and quickly return it to the eternal. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's here. He destroyed death. He abolished it. That, that, that we just, when we leave this planet, we go from life to more life. We become more alive than we ever could be. I was watching a, a documentary on Billy Graham, and one of the last things he was saying is he's nearing, nearing 100 years old, and he's, saying, and he's saying, sitting in a chair and saying, you know, guys, I'm not afraid of dying because I'm going to become more alive than I am right now sitting on this chair. And he destroyed death and has brought life. And I, and I love what G, kind of came out of Jesus' mouth. Life and life more abundantly. Walk in that life. And immortal, immortality to the light through the gospel of his unfailing mercy, of his unfailing um, What's the other one, guys? Uh, here it is. I'm on page check. I'll go get page one. I was unfailing. There you go. Senior moment. Unfailing grace, unfailing mercy, unfailing peace. Then in verse 11, and for this gospel, I, I have appointed a, to a herald of and a apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet, this, this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I believe, and I am convinced he is able to guard what I have 
and trusted him until that day. Now, you know, I guess we can go different places until the day you leave here. Uh, but, that, but it even goes beyond that. Till the day of the resurrection, until the day of, of the millennium, till the day of everything he's prepared for us and everything he has for us. Uh, it, this is an ongoing thing, this relationship when we said, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus come into my heart. And, and, um, and can we say, I know who I believe. I really do. And that's how to move into the, to the, into the eternal. To say, man, I know who I am. You know, I've said this countless times at, at, chur at church, and really I say to we have to repeat it over and over again. In, in your life and my life, I have to say to myself, who are you? Do you know who you are? You really know who you are. When you gave your life to Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, you are somebody, not a nobody. I know, Paul says, I know who I believe, and I'm convinced. And when you get convinced, those temporal things start fading away. And then it can become a reality for you and I. I will be anxious for nothing. But with everything, with prayer and petition, petitions, what I give thanks to God. You know what? I'm going to pause there. For, you know, it talks about suffering and persecution and everything else. And he, he, he's saying, I, don't be ashamed of me. I get, I get tied up. I'm in chains. I get beaten. I get thrown out of towns. I get stoned. I get all this thing. Don't, don't feel sorry for me because I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Absolutely believe and convince that what he started in my life, he'll do. And you know what? What he was actually in my mind, what Paul is saying, in all these beatings and stonings and imprisonment and all this stuff, that he had a choice at those times to either focus on temporal life or eternal life. And he said, Don't don't be ashamed about what I'm going through. I've learned to trust and believe in who called me into this wonderful light. And actually, for him, it was literal. It was literal for him because when he was riding on that horse, a great light shined, and a voice came out, Paul, Paul, man, i got other plans for you. Why are you fighting something? That is so amazing. Yeah, he was convinced. So you and I have to be convinced. Paul is convinced. Aren't you? Amen. Then it says, <clears throat> What you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ. And, and you, you know, just take, take some time. When I said read the Bible for yourself, I, I'm, I'm not just saying that to say, I'm saying read your Bible for yourself. 
Because if you're going to really understand what he's saying here, uh, what you heard from me, keep as a pattern and of sound teaching with faith and love in Jesus in Christ Jesus. If you're going to know the fullness of what he's saying here, you're going to have to find out about Paul's life and the things he went through. I alluded to some of them. Got stoned, got thrown in jail, got all this stuff, and and uh, and he was even he was even you know uh, chained with two guards in Rome, and and all excited about it. Why? He said, "Man, captive audience." I'll, I'll never chain you guys to me. I mean, you, you don't have to be that. You know, we don't, we don't have to do that. We don't. We don't. You know, and, and maybe that's a that's a problem with uh, some churches. It's sort of changed because the staff of the church wants to control the people. When in Paul's case, being chained to two people, uh, he was saying, "This is a great benefit that I have a captive audience." And, and he didn't display any power over them. They had power over him. And, and he, he considers a beautiful thing. And so if we're going to understand, if we're going to understand this pattern of sound teaching, we're going to have to spend some time looking in the Word of God because his life experience is what he's teaching. And you can get to know his life experience by how faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Faith doesn't come, to be perfectly honest, faith doesn't come by spending an hour at church on Sunday. Faith comes by a, a deliberate pursuit of who Jesus is. A deliberate learning and knowledge of what he says in the word of God. Right? Right? You're, you're, you're actually, you don't lose your salvation, you won't lose your connection, you won't, you won't lose everything that God has for you, but you're missing out in the richness of that relationship without getting in the word of God. Without getting in the word of God. I, I, um, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say this, but you know what? It's um, I, <clears throat> my parents sent me to a Lutheran school, and and as much as it was wonderful to be in a Christian school, <clears throat> I was gaining a perception of God that the devil was lying to me. Now back then, unheard of today, that in that school. They practice corporate punishment. And, and I had to sit there and witness that they would take a student that lied or cheated or something and brought them up in front and, and say, why have you cheated? And they'd take a leather strap and beat them in front of the whole class. And you know what? That, that gave me something. Uh, it was a building resentment to who God was. And then Lydia will get connected with all of this. And then I then I start, and we would go to uh, uh, Evangelical Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church and 
going to a Lutheran school and going back and forth. And, all, and I, all it was doing me was getting me all confused. And then, then as a child, we go to an Eastern Orthodox church. And there's some really beautiful stuff there. But this particular church in Chicago had a big eyeball above the thing. And between my two brothers, Peter was amazing. He'd listen. Bill was good. I wasn't so compliant. So, so, so then my mother, I guess, she know how to grab this and then twist it. And boy, I got more to twist now. You know, before I was pretty lean, but and I go, ouch! And then she, God is looking at you. You better not misstep, and you better obey and listen. So I was getting all this resentment building up in my life. And I was given a Bible, and I found this Bible when, when we moved into our house. I married Nancy, and we moved over, and all the stuff I had got. And I noticed something interesting. Someday I'll bring it here to have you look at it. And as a very young child, I wrote in this Bible, in the first two and the back two, I love God and God loves me. And I took some paste and pasted that closed and said that I'm done with this. And that, that led me into a adulthood, which I violated everything that you think of that God said was true. Until I encountered him. Until I encountered him. And the day I gave my life to Jesus, that very, it was in the morning mail, I got a letter, and I read the letter, and the Holy Spirit revealed to me the love of God. Not that he's out to punish me, not out to hurt me, but he loves me. And, 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 I, and I read the letter, I had to run to the safest place I could find, and that was the bathroom, in a stall, weeping, and saying, Jesus, forgive me a sinner. Come into my life. I want your transforming power in my life. Left the bathroom, told the secretary, I'm leaving for today, went home. My mom said, why are you home? Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. Grabbed the Bible, packed a few things on a small suitcase, put it in my car, and drove to our 300-acre farm. Did not come home until I read the whole New Testament, but only the first two chapters of Revelation. What happened? Why do I say be acquainted with what he says? And we all know what God's word does not return void. Don't we all know that? I found out the truth of that. Because I was, as I was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the epistles, and I would come up to these verses in a Lutheran school that forced me, that forced me to memorize. And, and I came to that place where it was all trash. I wanted to erase it from my memory. But when I got born again and I gave my life to Jesus, his word doesn't return void. Because as I was reading those scriptures, I was bumping into those verses I memorized 
as a first grader through eighth grade. And when I bump into them, tears would come down from my eyes. God was really showing me that, man, how much he loves me. Man, I missed it when I memorized this. It's so much more than just a memory verse. This is a connection with the God Almighty that loves me passionately. The first thing, the first thing that God changed in my life, you've all heard some one time or another, the first thing as I was driving home, you see, I had a hatred for my father. And every time we had conversation, we collided. And I never for, forgot, I never would forget when, he, when I was in college that he actually drove to a, to a bar where I was at and, and pulled me out of there and said, how can, you, how can you be here on a Sunday night? And I said to myself, Dad, I'm doing what I want to do. And, and you, you are not telling me what to do, but I'll, I'll pack up my bags and I'll come home shortly. But that increased, increased that tension between me and my father. The first thing that happened to me as I was driving home, as I drove in the driveway, got out of my car, grabbed my little suitcase and going to the house, there was my dad and my mother standing in the doorway, looking at me. What happened? What, hap what happens to a person that gets Jesus in their heart? And, and, and the love of God starts building fruit in their life. The first one, the first one I believe I ever ministered to was my dad when I hugged him and said, Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. Guess what? That wasn't even my vocabulary just a week earlier. We talk about suddenlies. Suddenlies, God, God coming in our life changes things. Changes our whole perspective on things. Changes our capacity to love who we never thought we could love. He gives us... He, Change starts happening in our life. When we talk about suddenlies, I, if you told me on that day at work getting a letter that just a few days later I would tell my dad from the bottom of my heart that I loved him, I would have laughed at you. Except for Jesus. Except for Jesus. Now, it... In conclusion, I won't read these verses, but the heading on these verses, he's talking about these Asian people from Asia that deserted him. He talked about people who were faithful to him. And the heading is very interesting in this portion of Scripture. It says, disloyalty and loyalty. And I have to ask myself and all of us who belong to TGP, our heart's desire should be loyal to Jesus Christ. Don't don't be don't limit that in your life. Be loyal to him 
And the fruit of that is loyal to each other. And, and, I, and I really I hear that from many of you talking about, I love this church, I love being in this church, Can I, be, I feel loved in this church, I feel accepted in this church, and I feel connection, I feel family in this church, and everything else. But what, is, what causes that to happen? Loyalty to Jesus Christ. If you, you short-circuit that, we won't be loyal to each other, will we? Loyal to him. So it's, uh, it's time now for, to have a, allow the gift of prophecy to flow in this room. So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that the words spoken this morning will... Hey, Holy Spirit already reminded me, you are good soil. So I thank you, Lord, the words spoken this morning have fallen on good soil. And Father God, may... You take the words spoken this morning and plant them into our hearts and that we would live lives as a result of planting God's word and truth, love, mercy, kindness into our lives that we will reflect that to others. Um, you know what? It just, just, just before the prophetic happens, you know what, it'd be so easy for me to get frustrated with that woman in the Philippines because I was stressed out, all, everything else, you know, you know, and it'd be so easy to get angry with her. And I feel sorry for people on a job because they probably really get an earful from people. But everything changed when I found out, I say, who are you? When I found out, who am I? And what do I represent? And what do I have to tell this woman? How often do you ever get a chance to share Jesus all the way across the globe? Amen. God bless you. Father, bless our prophets and gifts of prophecy in this church. And may it have its wonderful result in Jesus' name. So, um, this morning, <clears throat> when I was driving home at... This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you, and have a great week.